Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week with other guests invited to help you. See what I mean? Oh. <laughs> My engineer put the, put in, uh, the intro, there's the outro, and the outro is the intro. And we'll have to change that um, sometime in the future. But in the meantime, uh, I'm really pleased today because I, uh, I have a very unusual and really positive guest. Uh, she is uh, Kathy Williams Chang. She is co-worker of an absolutely fabulous book, A Guide to Turning Data into Profit-Driving Strategy and Solution. It's called Monetizing Your Data, and it's by Andrew Wells and Kathy Williams Chang. She's with us today, and uh, welcome to the program, Kathy. Well, thank you, Don. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Well, we're glad here because I've spent the last two days reading your book. Um, it, it is an absolutely fascinating book. Uh, it attacks uh, one of the major issues uh, facing small business and, for that matter, large business today. We are being overwhelmed with data, and uh, sometimes we just don't know what to do with it. But, Kathy, before we go into it, tell us a little bit about yourself personally, and then we'll go into, into the book itself and what you hope to accomplish. Okay. Um, so I've been a business practitioner in the field of data analytics for more than 20 years now. I've worked in the planning areas. I've worked in financial planning, analytics. I've worked in actually operations planning. I've been on the shop floor, worked for a manufacturer where I've had to actually move products around as well as uh, working in the desktop environment where I'm moving digital products around and and services and data. So I really have seen in my career, have seen the whole spectrum of what it means, what the businesses are trying to tackle from a planning and met perspective, which has given me, helped me to realize how important understanding data and and information is to managing your business more effectively. And at the current time, I work for, okay, I work for Wonderman Data Management, which is focused on working on the digital marketing aspects of data in uh, in the marketing process. Hmm. Well, well, you've had a great opportunity to see the great the changes that have occurred in our ability to not only collect data, but uh, to analyze it and uh, uh, do things with it. Um, now, Kathy. You and your partner have written a, a really fascinating book. What what made you, first? Let's talk about what made you decide to write the book. As we worked in our business and through consulting work that we did together, as well as working within businesses, we noticed we observed the as you mentioned earlier that just the overwhelming amount of data that uh, managers are having to access. There have been. Are being are being driven to them, are being flooded with volumes of data about their business, which they, everybody recognizes is important and useful. But how to process that value volume of data that's coming at them? They rec- nobody, everybody, 
everybody recognizes that they cannot just simply ignore it. They have to do something with it. So they'll spend hours and, and a large amount of time trying to process it using outdated uh, tools and processes. And as you mentioned earlier, I've had seen it from the very beginning when data really started coming into the business environment, when spreadsheets were so small and compact that you had to stitch them together and in the really early days because of the, the lack of computing power in, your, in the, the computers or the personal computers that you were using. Now with the advances in technology for CPU processing and the ability and the tools that allow you to interact directly with the data, we can act, we used to go from 64 uh, kilobytes of memory and now we have terabytes of memory at our disposal. And that is a tremendous, opens up tremendous opportunities, but it also has a double-edged sword with so much data we don't know what to do with it. So as we worked with um, people, we found that there were a lot, marketers uh, were spending more time analyzing than they were doing marketing because they were, the amount of data that was coming at them. IT groups who are usually know how to, who are the experts at working with data were spending an inordinate amount of time just shoveling data around versus actually processing the data in an effective way to support the analytics. We recognized that people we needed that these processes were very disconnected and not always working together in terms of what the BI group was doing, what the IT group was doing, what operations was doing, what marketing was doing. And we felt that we needed to really come bring together and show how these processes connected so that we could get that data in the whole flow of the business, business decisioning process. One of our important, most important concepts that we introduce in the book is turning it, turning the equation around and in a more traditional flow of the business of the information analytics is you start with data, then you ask some questions of it, you get some answers, and from that you try to decide what to do. We think it's more important to start first with what is it I'm trying to do? What are my actions? Use that to develop the questions you want to ask of your data, and then, the, and then what answers would help you drive those um, actions, and then go work with the data to support, to help you gather the insights you need to make the most effective Act, take the most effective actions. We, we try to turn the process around and say, start with what's important and then get back into the data as opposed to starting with reams of data and then trying to figure out, then find that needle in the haystack. Uh, can, uh, can I interrupt you? You know, we talk about data, but what are uh, bits of data that we're talking about that the, the uh, company uh, uh, should be looking at? Um, Sales data, um, what types of data are we talking about? So today's world is so data rich. Companies have access to a broad range of data. At the highest level, one level you can look at it for what's called structured versus unstructured data. And unstructured data are are things are calls calls that you might have to your call center. They're comments that show up on your website or your for your app when people use your if you put an app out there and people use it and they leave comments and reviews. Um, th these are all valuable sources of information that really help you tap into the voice of your customer very directly. But being able to gather them, collect them, and process them and make sense of them is a big challenge. On the other side, you have structured data, which is going to be more traditional forms of data that we're familiar with, which are uh, your financial statement type data, your data generated by your accounting system, by your inventory system, and these, and or your billing system. And these are data that's obviously generated by computers, so it's highly structured, easy to work with, but can be a, a very large volume. So, so what companies are 
realizing is that they a lot of this data has been thrown away or not stored or kept but with the cost again of technology and processing power companies are able to keep both the structured and unstructured data from internal sources and external sources such as um, social media platforms and then if they can tie all that data together in a way in a sense in a way that makes sense and helps them uh, listen to the voice of their customer in their data to get insights into performance of their business, it can become a very powerful tool to them. Well, uh, could I, we delve a little deeper into that because uh, it, it always fascinate, fascinates me. Um, for instance, uh, um, our company, uh, Information Strategies, we often work with large corporations trying to sell to small businesses. And one of the things we we learned is that a small business manager, uh, we're talking about under 50 employees, makes decisions uh, based on uh, multiple touch points, and um, we think seven to nine. But we we haven't really figured out which are the most important um, uh, touch points, uh, whether they're digital, whether they're direct mail, as we talked about before the program or whether they're customer feedback or, or what have you. but And more importantly, what is the decision point? What is the key um, uh, point uh, or touch that finally convinces an individual? Does it finally come down to a personal visit, et cetera? Um, uh, in looking at, at, at data, can, can you uh, at some level go, go down to, to to these uh, points to figure to manage the decision point to, to the uh, uh, touch point. Uh, certainly, uh, data, especially if you're able to retain it in its granular form, and and each each interaction each, that you have with your customer can give you insights into when are they making decisions, what is valuable to them, which touch points are effective. That's a big challenge right now in the digital marketing world is multi-channel attribution, which is a big word for saying which of the which is exactly what you just described. Companies are interacting with their clients or their customers across many channels: digital, online, offline. And which one of those is the one that's actually causing the sale? And the answer is probably all of them to some degree. And it's going to be different for each person, and it could be different for the same person at different times. So it's, it's the totality of the experience, which is what's going to be effective in selling and marketing to your customer. So you, the, it's not so much that you want to find that silver bullet as much as you want to be sure that you are, find a way to make sure that you're reaching that customer in all the different platforms and answering their questions in the different formats and forums that help them to make that purchase decision. The, the flip side of that, and every strength has its weakness, and the, and the biggest, um, what you do have to be careful about is not oversaturating your, your, your target. And that's where looking at the data, trying to look for points of diminishing return become really important because you don't want to over um, communicate to them to the point where you drive them away because you're bombarding them with your with different touch points. So that's that's the, the most difficult question and there is no single answer to it and that's why being able uh, in terms of is it this touch point or that one is it seven or is it ten or as you said you found that seven to nine seems to be the right medium or right quantity of touches. 
that how do you monitor your interaction with your customer? So if you say, well, we believe it's in this range of seven to nine, when we hit 10, let's stop. And how do you track individual customer by customer interactions to make sure that you're not driving them away? And then you could start um, understanding their preferences and their propensities and listening to their voice in your data and saying these customers prefer are more reactive to online, these are more reactive to offline, so that you can better target your marketing strategy to these types of customers. Well, um, I'm going to go back now uh, because I, I kind of talk, uh, push you a little bit away from it. Um, but but you, you say um, about your book that uh, um, there was uh, really three three things involved in it, um, in, in uh, analyzing data and monetizing data. So why don't you tell us um, uh, what they are and how you uh, how you want to go about it and, and uh, more about the book itself because uh, I, I'm finding it fascinating. Okay. Uh, yeah. Thank you for the opportunity to speak about it. Um, so we, in in our, um, as we approached it, again, we were thinking through the different processes that people um, were were facing, and we we realized that making decisions is a critical. So there's a qualitative, is tying together qualitative and quantitative aspects of the of the the whole decision process is what's important. So there there is. Um, Working with the decision side of it, which is the, what we call decision architecture methodology, working with the monetization side of it, which is in, um, actually, uh, even though it's kind of a middle ground of the strategy, it actually ties the, the pieces together, which is the following piece, which is analytic side of it. So the three major components that we feel are important that you need to pull together in order to effect, make effective use of data in your, in your business is a qualitative side of the decision, uh, your decision strategy, your decision management, and we, and we call that decision architecture, decision analysis. Then you support that with analytics, which are data science, data visualization, uh, working direct data modeling. But those, again, if you just data model or work with data for the sake of data, you end up with just lots of data. So monetization strategy, which is, again, the, the capstone of the book in a sense of why you chose to title the book with that, is about connecting those two together. How do we uh, bring the data that we have, and there's so much of it now and so rich, so much, so much rich, rich amount of data, how do we bring that into bear in the actual, on the qualitative decision side of our business planning processes to drive value, to, to help it flow through to the bottom line so that we don't, we're not taking actions that have no relevance and we're not analyzing data that have no action behind them. So, so that's the three major components that we focus on, the decision analysis, the monetization strategy, and the agile analytics or the analytic processes that you bring to bear. Well, having said all that, now we're in the age of the digital, and everybody talks digital, um, but there's also direct mail. Um, can you define what are the three or four or five uh, uh, most important uh, groupings of data that people should be looking at? Uh, so certainly uh, customer touch point data is, is very critical. So that would be your online activity, whether it's coming through your website app, if you have an app and your, the data that you generate and able to track through their interactions with your app. 
their social media data, so through Facebook and, and Google searches, there gives you opportunities to, to, um, to understand and work through those platforms to see what preferences and behavioral patterns that our customers may have. <clears throat> And then, um, and that's more sales oriented, but you shouldn't ignore, and, and is often overlooked, especially in the marketing, sales and marketing context, is your internal data, say through your ordering processes, through your call centers, through your billing systems, that by learning how to observe patterns and connect the customer journey throughout all of the touch points of your, within your business, you can listen again. I want to, I'm a firm believer in that there's a voice of the data, a voice of the customer in the business. A lot of times we think about voice of the customer surveys. So let's go ask them what they think. But it's very difficult to true to get a true picture because if you, as much as we want to ask, most people won't take the time to answer all the questions we want. And the more we ask, the less they'll answer. And you can't always be sure that they're going to give you the right answer because of some of the biases that might come up during an, an interview or a survey process. But the most unbiased voice of the data customer you have is in your data. It's how many times they interact with you, when they interact with you, what are their, um, are they, are they, if you're a drink dispenser company, do they tend to buy in the afternoon versus in the morning? Um, do they, what channels do they prefer to interact with you in so that you can, you're not tracking each individual person by name, and I'm always very sensitive to the privacy. I'm, you know, privacy issues that when you get into analyzing business data, it's not about trying to find a known person and know everything about them. It's more about trying to understand the patterns of behavior of different customer segments out there, and then using those pattern and that understanding to their patterns across all touch points in your company, that you can then better tune your company to delivering more value to these to these different customer segments. So it's across it's in your production systems, it's in your financial systems, it's in your account your your accounting financial systems, your billing systems, your CRM systems. All of these provide rich insight into your customers and are often overlooked as people would simply look at say website data or social media data. Well, you're you're absolutely right on that, but you're you're uh, focusing on the company data, the 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 data, if if I'm hearing you correctly, that comes into you and from your various forms, and um, are there uh, uh, data outside that you should be looking at that uh, can help you uh, make decisions and integrate into your own uh, efforts? Um, well, there, there's uh, once you under you say you can type a customer or an audience, and based on certain attributes, perhaps there's static type attributes, demographics, you know, traditional demographic attributes, ethnicity, age, life stage. But there's also behavioral attributes that you can um, type your customer, your target customer segments by. Do, are they more um, types of more online behavior versus offline behavior? Are they, um, do they tend to travel more? What are some of these preferences? Once you understand your uh, target segments in those contexts, then there are lots of excellent external data that is available to you to enrich your, your own internal data with and target more effectively. So in social media platforms like Google, Facebook, they have, you, you can, act, uh, they have audience 
targeting um, tools that you can go and, and look for look-alike audience. You can, they give you opportunity to configure an audience based on certain attributes that they have about their own um, audiences that they have in their platforms. And then you can base look what you're looking for from a particular attribute perspective, define and target a particular segment and market to that more directly. And then you can then have your marketing programs, you can have different messages that you can be specifically focus on one segment versus another. So the social media platforms are great opportunities to incorporate external data into your business. There are also many companies that uh, out there that will collect uh, lots of behavioral um, uh, behavioral data from credit card transactions, again, different online transactions, and anonymize that data and then make it available to businesses to tap into to uh, use as a way of, un- of looking for prospecting. So as you mentioned, you know, there's a lot to know about your customers from what they do within your business. But then when you're looking for new customers, you you uh, you obviously they don't have a footprint within your your data. So learning to being able to tap into these external sources helps you to open up more mar- markets, grow grow your segments, grow your business, but it helps to know what you're looking for so that you're not just throwing lots of data out there and lots of money out there marketing and seeing what sticks. You can be very focused and targeted in your approach. Um, well, we're talking with Kathy Williams-Chang. She is co-author of a wonderful book called Monetizing Your Data, A Guide to Turning Data into Profit-Driving Strategies and Solutions. Well, you know, I just got an email across my desk from a, a listener, uh, Kathy, an interesting question. I don't know whether um, it's appropriate here, but I'm going to uh, ask it anyway. Uh, the, the reader asks, um, is there ways that big data can, can be used to um, encourage people to visit stores rather than um, rather than uh, uh, buy over the over the uh, internet uh, obviously there's a big problem today uh, with brick and mortar stores but uh, this is a question what do you think about that and do you have any thoughts so so uh, yes and actually I can refer to my own personal experience um, I I do fair amount of work and uh, purchasing and transactions online and they're, they're very convenient. But I do like to get out into and have that full purchase experience. There is, there's something to be said for being able to walk into a store that presents, presents products to me visually and in an interesting way and helps me to see how they can fit into my life. There's a coldness about an online it's a very directed focus, an online transaction. You're at your desk and you're looking at a screen and you're very focused on, okay, this product, but it doesn't really help you see how it fits and how you can integrate that and give you that full uh, experience of the product and your lifestyle. Whereas when you go into a store, there's, you have much richer visual experience and a much richer sensual experience. So it engages, your auditory is engaged through the music in the store, your visual experience is engaged, your tactile experience is engaged, you can touch and feel the product. So this, there, there's clearly, I, as much as uh, traffic is moving to online when people know I want to specifically buy this, Say for example, I just need to buy toner, printer, cartridge replacement. But when I want, when I'm looking for a, another item that that is more, I want to integrate with my lifestyle. The offline experience is going to provide a better experience for me. 
So what this big data allows you to do if you're trying, if your goal is to focus marketing on I'm finding the people, and, and I would I would say everybody enjoys that offline experience as well, that that buying experience. So what you're trying to do is find what if it's your product, who, and at what point of their life stage, and when are they looking for that experience? So through again looking for looking at behavioral patterns, are they tend to be texters versus uh, callers? Do they tend to be more online on this versus that. And it's not, again, you're not looking for specific individuals. You're looking for audiences of individuals that then you can then drive them through a very targeted a campaign to, to get them, bring them to your, to your environment and your, your store. And custom people more and more willing to help you create that connection so through loyalty programs. Again, speaking from my personal experience, I, I have a local store that I like to, that I, go for my shoe shoe purchases and they they asked would you like to be part of our loyalty program i said yes because i like the products that they offer and they're they offer they sell to the long tail so i they have they'll have a great variety of of uh, shoes for me to choose from but because of that they're not the inventory is not always there for the particular brand that i like they'll send me on a regular basis discounts coupon discounts of 20 percent off and then i'll go and check but then the particular brand I like is not there, or not enough, uh, not enough um, styles are available. So I kind of wasted my time going to the store and was not able to make use of that offer. But they had this information on me. They know they can see by my purchase transactions how much that I always 80% of the time I'm buying this brand. So when they have that supply in their store, then they can. Uh, say this group of clients are and, and which have voluntarily you know let us identify them say like this so what I'm going to send them I have got a new new entry come in a new a new lot come in I'm going to send that 20% discount coupon to this group right now because they're very likely going to be interested in it I'm going to have a more effective experience of going to their store getting what I want for great value and they're going to have more probability of turning their inventory faster and making those sales faster so learning how to marry the two together is i think the is the is the right solution and one is not going to decimate the other i think they just open up the experiences the vista of purchase opportunities that we have well we're getting uh, close to, to the end of our time together i'm finding this fascinating we're talking with kathy williams chang uh, she's co-author of the book monetizing your data from John Wiley. Do you have a website, Kathy? Uh, yeah, we do. We have a website called monetizingyourdata.com. We are just standing up the website, and it'll be full. We'll have it more fully completed as of March 27th, but it's certainly operational now. We'll continue to put tools and information, books, uh, a lot of things that we recognize in the books in terms of templates we're placing on the website. Uh, we want I am working on different visualization. Uh, a big part of the book that I focus on uh, versus my partner was the analytics side and the data visualization. So I'm working on putting on examples of different ways to visualize your data and make that available on the website and different uh, lists of key KPIs and metrics that you typically find in the business environment to help people uh, think through what metrics do I need to track, what metrics are going to help me know more about this particular question or answer this particular question I have. So we're, we're, we'll continually maintain and update and um, put information out there. It's monetizingyourdata.com. 
Uh, great, Kathy. One last question. You, um, what three th things would you tell a small our small business audience about monet about data and monetizing that you think are critically important? Well, I would think that I would harken back to you know, the '80s. When, we, when online world was just starting to really come into its own. And I think a lot of small business would have said, well, that's good for these big companies, but the website, an online store, Facebook presence, that's really not meaningful to me. My, I have my customers, you know, I know who they are. They live around the corner. Um, and if you fast forward to today, you know, all small businesses recognize that they really can't, they can't not function without a website. And many of them, the first thing they do is get a website and online presence. So and that that then generates data. Now, what what this it cost and then the other major trend that's going on there is dramatic reductions in the cost of technology to to work with that data and mine that data. The processes, the resources needed are are dramatically decreasing and opening up the ability to smaller enterprises to take advantage of these platforms and these resources that would have been cost prohibitive before. So all of that comes down to there's an offensive component and a defensive component to what this means for smaller businesses. The offensive component means that they're able to be better target and increase their reach um, out to the market out there in ways that they, they could not have done before when they were um, – so they can sell internationally. They can sell across the country. They, and, but if they can target and focus on their market segment. But the important, there's a defensive component as well because the same technologies and volumes of data that are opening up these new opportunities for small businesses are also enabling larger competitors to be more focused and, and identify local market segments, more opening up their visibility to them where they might have escaped their notice before. And so now bigger companies are able to to reach out and market to smaller local market segments as well, which have become a threat to smaller businesses that had depended on that local neighborhood feel. And so it, it's really important for small business to recognize that there's an opportunity to grow your business, but it's also important to defend your business as well um, in this new world, in this world as we, as things or as data is becoming an important part of the business aspect. Well, thank you for a fascinating half hour. Uh, Kathy, it, okay. it, it's, uh, uh, I've been enjoying it. See, see you were worried. Um, it, it is fun sometimes to be on radio. And uh, uh, hopefully you'll come back again uh, and we'll talk more about turning big data into profits because I certainly learned a lot and I hope our audience did as well. Thank you. Well, thank you. Well, thank you for having me on, Don. I appreciate it. Have a good day and good luck with your book. Um, I, if people get as half as much uh, out of it as I did, I, I, I think it's well worth it. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week with other guests invited to help you, our audience, improve operations, expand marketing, reduce cost, enable better personnel management, and add profits. Remember, all of our shows are archived at www.blogtalkradio.com slash smallbusinessdigest. You can hear this show and all others at your leisure. If you like the show, tell others about it. Want to make a comment or be a guest? Email us at editor at is 
www.incorp.com. Your host was Don Mazella, Editorial Director of Small Business Digest. Until next time, keep faith with the ideals that made America great, and remember small business is still the backbone of commerce. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.